Oh, that was a must-needed victory, and the Golden State Warriors pulled off <clears throat> quite possibly. Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. That's not a good thing on a broadcast. Uh, one of the biggest games of the season. And I've got Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, sometimes Golden State Warriors, sometimes the L.A. Clippers, who may not be as big of a threat as they were literally just a day ago. We're going to talk about all this stuff next. There's eight games remaining before the postseason starts, and the Golden State Warriors, folks, are actually in a good position. We'll break all that down and so much more next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, sometimes the Golden State Warriors, and a lot of other broadcasts and teams on Twitter at Kevo408. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kevin, if I told you or anyone else that was watching this game from beginning to end that the leading scorer was Jonathan Kaminga, a player that I always say great things happen when he plays, I don't think you'd be surprised. The kid stepped up. He's growing before our very eyes. And the Golden State Warriors won their second road game of the season. A huge game when it comes to playoff seedings. Uh, defeating the, the Dallas Mavericks on a game winner by Stephen Curry. You could call that shot that potentially, even though technically it might not be the case. 127-125. Great for everyone in the chat to join us. It's a live show. Kevin, great to see you, brother. How are you doing? And what is your immediate reaction to that thrilling victory? How am I? I am relieved. Uh, I am also in need of a haircut as Ed Garcia. Points. I'm, uh, yeah. I've been, I've been <laughs> I'm doing that. that it's been four months, but I uh, just it like man, it, it, the 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 ways in which they lost at the beginning of this road trip, Clippers, Hawk, uh, Atlanta game especially, and then you know Memphis back into the back to back, thirty six and all, you thirty six and thirty six again back at five hundred. Knew you were going to probably beat Houston. This was the one. There were two road games they needed to win on this road trip, and they won one of those road games. Uh, and the, this this game against Dallas being that, because now you have the tiebreaker against the Mavericks. You went 3-1 and one against Dallas this year. And also, it just puts that much more space, and it's not a lot of space, but between them and like teams that could potentially – just gives the teams below them more work they have to do to catch Golden State. And I would be, especially after this win, and considering you have, what, five of your last eight at home, it would be very tough for the Warriors to fall out of the plan. Yeah. I, I, I think, like, they basically, if they go two and six the rest of the way, they're going to be at least the ten, you would think. Um, but obviously they want to do much better than two and six, and they should do much better. But – just this win gives them a smidge of breathing room. Yep. And yes, it as Jill says, it's a confidence boosting win. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It was just it was just a, <clears throat> this was just a game they sorely needed. And and the and the very end was uh weird. I you know the impression I got, let me know what you think. This was the this was literally the impression I got watching like the last minute or two of the game that I was worried for the Splash Brothers. Clay Thompson looked did he didn't really look himself, and, and there was that one fast break near the end where where he missed uh, 
the layup by just getting there really late and the ball ricocheted off the bottom of the backboard. Um, that was, I was concerned for like one s- split second there. I saw like Stephen Curry not really being his aggressive self. And I was looking at the Splash Brothers. There was also a defensive play uh, where the rookie, uh, Hardy, I think his last name is, with the Mavericks. Like, he, yeah, he made a three uh, where Clay Thompson like sort of ran to him but didn't even lift his arms up to contest the shot. I was a little worried there, man. Um, thankfully, it, it all resolved itself. And Clay, I feel like, resolved himself thanks to his defense on Luke. I want to talk about that in just a moment. But what was your feeling, man? What were you seeing there in the last minute or two? There was a, a range of emotions running through my head in addition to just analyzing what's going on. Um, the Splash Brothers were, were worrying me for a moment. And then all of a sudden, they, they stepped up a minute later. What, what was your uh, a read of that last minute or two? I thought Draymond Green saved the day. Yes. I mean, yeah, he, he had two monster shot contests, like, within the last two minutes with five fouls. like. When he – no one plays better defense with five fouls than Draymond Green. <laughs> and tonight was like the shining example of that. I'm also remembering game three in the Denver series in the first round last year when he poked it away from Jokic. I'm pretty sure he was at five fouls when that happened. Uh, he just continually does that. Like, all right, he's going to commit some fouls, but when the chips are on the table – when you got to go all in, you got you got you know Ace King offsuit, and you you, you got twenty blinds, you just got to put it all in the middle. Uh, that's that's when he's at his best. I mean, whew, yeah, those yeah. The, the the contesting late from him saved the day, and like uh-huh. with, that, with that with that clay fall away, like or that you know when he tried to lay it up off balance. I'm not sure what else he like. Ideally, say pull it out. I'm not sure he was in a position to pull it out. Like, I think he was going to the ground. It's like, I either throw this up and get it thrown potentially, or I just I turn he it passed it. Yeah, I thought he could have passed it, but yeah, it was a crazy play. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I don't think there was any, but like, that was a who was there to pass it to. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, it was just a crazy play. Let, let me answer this, man. A lot of people have been complaining about Clay Thompson uh, uh, and his defense. I have not been on that train. Actually, since the NBA Finals last year, it was either Game 3 or Game 4, where I, I, I saw Clay Thompson playing sound defense. I I still think he's fine defensively. I don't see people blowing past him. Um, he might not be the same defender he was you know, pre-injury, but I also don't see him as a liability out there. And at the end of the game, Luka Doncic attack, got a switch. I, I think Draymond was guarding him originally, and and uh, the Mavericks were able to pull off a switch because of the screen. But the switch led to Clay defending him. And I didn't sweat it a bit. I, I thought he'd hold his own. Uh, he stayed in front of Luca. He forced a bad shot. Um, did you do you do you feel the similar in terms of Clay's defense? Because I think his, his defense is fine. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's not something that's been glaring. Like, I don't think he's the, you know, he's not the top defensive option that he used to be. Right. Like now with Wiggins gone, like Kaminga's that guy right now. And Kaminga, I thought, did a really nice job on Luka Doncic for the most part. What was he, like 11 of 27 from the field? Yeah, so he scored 30 points, but it came on 27 shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he hassled him to two of 10 three-point shooting. Like, he just didn't get a lot of clean looks. Now, he had 17 assists. You know, Damn. he was getting doubled and he was making them pay. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, Kaminga just getting more and more impressed with him by the day. And he is just, he is playing so well right now. But yeah, but like to, to answer your question with respect to Clay's defense, like 
I don't think it's completely fallen off a cliff. I, you know, maybe it's not where it was. It's not something that like, cause I've really noticed And tonight. I didn't think it was super noticeable either. So. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear. You. I I just I just thought that was a huge uh, sequence at the very end. His his D on Luca, um, Luca did. You're right. Get 17 assists, which is absolutely absurd. It's just you know I don't watch Luca a lot, uh, and, and I forgot how much he complains to the refs. That dude whines every play, every single time a call goes against him or the Mavericks, he's complaining. It's it's absolutely insane, man. I don't. I've never. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone else a uh, uh, bitch about. Uh, ref calls at that clip in my life it, it's really crazy anyways uh jonathan kaminga who is to me looking more and more like like how Kawhi leonard emerged as a player with the san antonio spurs Kawhi leonard in just his second year with the spurs was on the team when they they unfortunately lost in seven games uh i say unfortunately it doesn't really matter uh to in the nba finals to the miami heat um then the following year his third year he's the nba finals mvp um I'm kind of seeing this level of growth from Kaminga in his second year. Kaminga, I believe, was younger than Kawhi in year two. Uh, given he's only 20 years old, he doesn't turn 21 until October. His stat line tonight, 9 of 11 shooting. Uh, he was he was fantastic from beyond the arc, 2 for 3. Uh, finished the game with a team-high 22 points. He only committed three personal fouls in those 30 minutes. He was playing great defense, I thought. Only had one turnover, added two steals. Um it, it was just an exemplary game. He was literally the best player for the Golden State Warriors tonight. Uh, I, I, it's, it's just an absolute marvel seeing him grow before our very eyes. Um, when we come back, Dan, Kevin, I'd love to get your, uh, your feelings on who you see Kaminga possibly growing into. It was just a, an episode ago where Charlie Walter and I were talking about his potential, his future. Um, would love to get your opinion on that because Kaminga is literally turning into him right before us and i also want to know if you agree or disagree with me on his shooting form because i've been i've been glowing and praising his shooting for for a little while now i love his stroke i know the release is a little awkward looking given how high it is but i finally found who it compares to and it's not an nba player it's not a college player it's a certain high school player. And I'll reveal who that is in just a moment when we come back. And I'd love to know, Kevin, if you agree with me or not. First, I got to give some love to Ultimate GM, one of our newer sponsors. What a way to distract yourself from the rigor, from the mundaneness of life. You can turn into Bob Myers. I'm geeked out by it. By it. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure anyone else who's played this game is similarly geeked out by playing uh, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, the mobile game that allows you to become an NBA GM and manage your own basketball franchise. Your dream can come true of being a basketball GM simply by downloading the game. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team. You can play through the season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft. And get this, Locked On Warriors listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise if you use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Uh, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. That's a promo code. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code right below us right there, or look it up on the app stores. Again, that's probasketballgm.com. Dot com ultimate basketball gm start your dynasty and draft jonathan kaminga today you are locked on warriors 
your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, the voice of the LA Clippers sometimes, the voice of the Golden State Warriors, the voice of Victor Wembanyama's team who plays in France. I mean, you're all over the place. You're doing the Pac-12. I don't know what you're not doing, Kevin. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo 4 weight Again, you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Jimmy Chitwood, my friend. That is who Jonathan Kaminga's shooting stroke reminds me of. Jimmy Chitwood from the movie Hoosiers. I, I see a similarity there. Do you think I'm crazy? And who does Jonathan Kaminga's uh, remind you of in general? Where is his potential? How amazing could this player become? Your thoughts? I'm laughing, side because I know exactly what the response is going to be because I've had this conversation with a few people before. Okay. I have not seen Hoosiers. Oh, shoot. I know. Wow. Okay. I know. Right. Like, it, right. So here's the thing, and this is a really stupid reason to not see a movie came out in what the 80s right i was born in 86 and i don't like going back and seeing old movies <laughs> i like special effects <laughs> i like lasers um so, so the godfather is not a movie i, I like playing cars no so during the pandemic i went back and watched all the godfathers fantastic movies i thought godfather 3 was a lot better than people made it out to be mm-hmm. people they hated i thought That's it was fair. pretty good maybe That's it's not fair. the first or second but it's still good um yeah <laughs> okay but, um, all right so you don't know what i'm talking about then uh i know enough. who jimmy chitwood is. i know the name because he's a star the, player for the the fictional yeah. uh, uh hickory high school hickory I don't know high, what yeah so I, yeah I yeah he's hickory high and all that yeah um, uh yeah but uh, what was your other question about jonathan well, what, who do you, is there anyone you 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 compare him to is there anyone that he that you could see him turning into in the future that like a, a current or former player that maybe he bears a similarity to, or is he just completely uh, uh, on his own and just is his own identity and you don't compare him to anyone? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really good with comps, but I've heard a certain reporter and I, I, you know, I don't want, I'm pretty sure I know, like, I'm pretty sure I remember it was this reporter, but for the sake of like, not knowing if this take of his is like uh out there or not, I'm not gonna like say the reporter. Jalen Brown is the name I've heard with Ooh, respect to okay. okay. Um so uh I mean I I could see that. Like I don't also yeah, I don't it's A too early. He's 20 yeah. years old and stuff. But B, you talk about his three point after tonight, he's 36% from yeah. three. I'm telling you, man, and Jimmy Chigwood. And it's after a horrendous start from downtown. Like, couldn't hit the backside of a barn to start the season from deep. Like, <laughs> he has really picked it up. Um, I'm just watching the highlights of Hawk, was Hawks Timberwolves game. Is that tonight? Uh, I, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to talk about the standings in just a moment because there's, there's only eight games remaining in the season. And, uh, and, and this win was huge. I mean, the Warriors now have the tiebreaker over the Mavericks in case they do finish in a tie. I'm just reading all the people that some, uh, all the other players that people in the chat are comparing uh, Kaminga to. I'm seeing uh, like Ron Artest. I'm seeing uh, Jill Espina writes Charles Barkley. That's, that's, I don't see that at all. Um, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, yeah, maybe I, you know, I, but, but again, Kaminga has a shot. Like Kaminga, Kaminga is a, a, it could turn into a legitimate shooter. As you just mentioned, 36% from three. And that, that number is going up. 
I'm telling you, dude, he shoots like Jimmy Chitwood. You got to watch Hoosiers now, man. You you got to come on. I know, it's, yeah. It's I mean, you're a basketball junkie. It's it's it, it's, it's a, you know apparently uh, the best basketball movie ever made. That's what everyone says. <laughs> um, I loved He Got Game. Um, I love Semi Pro. I'm trying to think. Uh, basketball Diaries. I liked all those movies. Um, but uh, one more. God, what was I gonna say? Uh, forget it. I can't remember. That's all right. Um, but by the way, I, you know, and, and there's a few questions in the chat I'm going to get to. Someone uh, wanted your opinion on Guy Santos. Oh, we'll yeah. address that. We'll, we'll address that in a moment. Uh, someone else asked about the fin financial implications of Andrew Wiggins if he doesn't come back to play next year. Uh, that, let's. I, I I would have to do some research on that, and I'll ask you as well. But this is this one I want to address right now. Uh, JFR writes, have you heard about Mark Cuban protesting this result because of the loony basket? I, I heard the broadcasters mentioning something like that. I was watching the ESPN broadcast. Uh, I don't know if Fitz and, and uh, Kalena addressed it. Did you see that at all? And and like, what does that mean? I mean, what? I, so I'm going to read the tweet he put out. Okay. Um, for those wondering about the play with 154 to go in the third quarter. So remember when the Dallas Mavericks forgot to defend like that one inbound, like where it was just five on O and they got a layup yes, yes. in the third quarter. All right, so this is the play he's talking about. Let me explain what happened. The refs called Mavs ball. The announcer announced it. Then there was a timeout. During the timeout, the official changed the call and never told us. Then when they saw us line up as if it were our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors. Never said a word to us. They got an easy basket. Crazy that it would matter in a two-point game. Worst officiating non-call mistake possibly in the history of the NBA. All they had to do was tell us, and they didn't. I was watching the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast, and I specifically remember going into that timeout. Bob Fitzgerald said, it's Warriors basketball. Okay. Well, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I remember him saying, now, I, there was a neighbor at the door, but like I could have sworn that I heard him say Warriors basketball. Someone could check me on that. I, I was kind of, but yeah. So that's the, the issue then. It's not the very end of the game. It's related to that no. weird sequence in the third quarter. I was watching the ESPN broadcast and they were making a point of it because according to them, uh, when they went into the timeout, they ruled it was Mavericks ball. Okay. All right. And then, and then they said when everyone came back out, the Warriors just inbounded it like it was their ball. Uh, and the Mavericks were caught off guard. The referees were caught off guard and just no one said anything. And the game just went on. Uh, so the implication from the ESPN broadcast was that the Warriors just kind of took the ball, inbounded it and played and no one said or did anything about it at that specific moment. Um, let's say for the sake of argument, like, have you ever seen a contest, like actually be successful? I mean, what, what, in the like, G League, I have. In so what GD. would happen in this case? Like, let's say Cuban's actually successful with so, this. But, no, I don't think he's going to be successful here. Okay. Like, A, the the play happened in the third quarter. Like, you can't just say that it was going to be a tie game if he scores that bucket because it was 127 to 122 and they gave Reggie Bullock a three. Like, it was an absolute garbage three, right? Like, they're not defending. So, like, had it it would have been 125 to 122. They would have defended Reggie Bullock a little differently down the stretch, maybe even fouled him. Like, I think I think that's bogus. Like, I don't think they should grant a pro they, that it should be converted or whatever. But I remember um, this is my second year in the G League, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants and the Texas Legends, which is the Mavericks G League team. Okay. Coincidentally enough, the 
it was a game in Texas, and they had incorrectly said a player on the Mad Ants had six fouls, and they lost like a two-point game, and it happened late or whatever. Uh, it was something like that. Like the book was wrong, and the person only had five fouls or something like that. So they replayed it at the G League Showcase in Reno like two months later or six weeks later, and I called the game. And I, Eduardo Nahara, who was like maybe like the like uh, very – how do I say this? He was not nice to officials. I'll say it like <laughs> that. You can hit me offline if you want to hear what he called some officials in, in the G League. Fair enough. But, um, like, like the, the PR director told me, like, I was talking – and they ended up losing the protested game. I forgot what they did. I think they just played, like, a three-minute overtime period. And they got waxed by Fort Wayne in this three-minute overtime period. Wait, that's how they resolved it? That's They resolved because, it? Like, like, I think, like, because, like, it would have gone to overtime otherwise or something like that. I forget the this was nine years ago now, so I forget the exact context. But um, he, but basically, like the Texas PR person, uh, like talked to me after the game. He was like, "Oh, I could see our Eduardo Nahara was looking over at you or your broadcast, and it looked like he just wanted to kill you." Uh, <laughs> so it made me laugh. So, so uh, what you're saying I was, is, I wasn't the first person Eduardo Nahara wanted to do damage to in the future. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so just but real quick, so what you're saying is, is I've seen a protest it, work. Before. In theory, if Mark Cuban protests this game, the NBA could come up with some weird scenario, like like, like to where they might be like play a five minute game yeah. or some sort of makeup. So, like this actually also happened with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Now I'm just remembering this five years ago. Um, I like we there was some call that got over. Like we ended the game. I think it was like. They didn't catch that Iowa had – it was in Santa Cruz. They didn't catch that Iowa had six players on the floor or something like that. Should have been a tech – I forget what it was, but we ended, they came back last weekend of the regular season. We played the last five seconds of the game over. We ended up – it was a tie game. We ended up inbounding the basketball. got stolen. They get a layup to, to win. And then we played the, the actual game we were supposed to play. It was like a 15-minute like warm-up. And then we lost that too. It was just like a disaster of a, but like I've seen protests like a couple of times in the G league work. So I, I don't I've think. Never, yeah. I've never seen it in the NBA. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen that. No, I, I can't remember it, but those were like actual like procedural things that went wrong. I just think like they could see who has the, they could see that it's warriors basketball. Like, they're know. all standing up, like I, yeah, I. I just can't I believe that, like, in theory, it's possible that like a protest could be like uh, could be uh, accepted, and they could create some weird like like on court scenario to make it uh, up. I, I don't see that happening, crazy. man. If, if, if yeah, I don't see that happening. Here, but just I, the fact that that's even that there, yeah, even the fact that there's a smidge of possibility is bizarre. Uh, and not to mention the refs. I thought, you know, I can, I bitched about them on social media. Retzel writes her three times at the end of the game where the Dubs had loose ball fouls on them. I remember Anthony Lamb uh, getting, I think, called for a foul. That was absurd. Or maybe, do you remember that scenario where was it he got called for the I can't remember what happened. But then I know Duncan DiVincenzo uh, got called for a foul. That was absolutely ludicrous. Oh, uh, when Jaden Hardy fell to the floor? Yes, to the yes. Yeah, I remember I, that. I was, thought Dante was clean on that play. But if you're, on the, if you're on the side of the like, the refs are going to lean towards whistling that. 
just because they are, because the, the rules are so in favor of the offense. I thought Dante did nothing wrong there. Nothing, nothing. I, I it was just the, yeah. the whole refereeing tonight was absurd in my opinion. It was, it was more egregious than, than usual. If there's any pattern I've noticed is that it, it's a lot worse on road games. Not surprising, obviously. I mean, you know, that's part of home court advantage and, and the refs are human beings. And psychologically, I, w- I wouldn't doubt that they're swayed by 15, 20,000 people all yelling at them. But, um, it, it, you know, so that's something the Warriors, I think, have to just keep in mind. And I, I, don't, I don't know if they've forgotten about that or, or what's going on, but they've been affected by it more than most on these road games. And tonight I thought it was particularly egregious, though. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk about that final play, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, and again, and we'll talk about the standings just because there's only eight games remaining now. This win was huge for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, first, got to give some love to FanDuel. Do you have a, a stake in the in the March Madness game, Kevin? I wish I could. I can't. Because Stanford sucks? Is that why, is that what, is that why you say no, that? No, just because the NCAA has like arcane rules about not being able to bet on Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't bet on anything, right? I mean, you're, you're yes, but like, yeah, but so that means I can't fill out a bracket or anything. Oh, you can't even do that. Okay. Well, no, like I fill out one for fun. That's I hate doing stuff for fun that I should be doing for money. That pisses me off. It's one of the perks of being an adult. Absolutely. Well, the March Madness tournament's heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because no new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets. They'll let you do anything, pretty much. Whatever you want to bet on, FanDuel's got you covered. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. The chat is making me laugh while we have these brief moments of respite. Uh, one final segment, Kevin Dana. You could follow the man, the myth, the legend on Twitter at Kevo4Wade. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzels, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. That final play was wild. Stephen Curry, who finished the game tonight with 20 points, did have 13 assists. Uh, you know, shot 50, 50% from the field, was only two for eight from beyond the arc, though. Uh, but again, he made the game winner and that game winner was largely thanks to Draymond Green clearing a beautiful path for him. Uh, it, it, I don't, I feel like if the refs were going to call anything that would have been somewhat legitimate, it might've been on Draymond at the very end there for clearing, uh, for, for basically just having his arms out and, and having a, a beautiful open road for Stephen Curry who drove it in, laid it up made the difference in the game. Uh, Draymond Green, I thought, had a solid game, by the way. Finished with 14 points, 8 assists, uh, only had 4 rebounds, um, but he made that 3 late in the game. That was huge. Was 6 for 10 from the field. Um, give me your assessment, Kevin, of the Splash Brothers, because I thought Steph was a little tentative. Maybe he looked. Maybe he's been tired from, from the road trip. I don't know. 20 points is below his, his average, his standard. And then Klay Thompson only had 9 points tonight. He added uh, 5 rebounds. Uh, and an assist was only one for four from beyond the arc. Clay yeah, didn't have the greatest of games. Uh, your reaction to the Splash Brothers? 
Well, like Stephen Curry was seeing two and three defenders all night. So he like sure. he took like what two shots in the first quarter and he had like five assists in the first quarter. Like I thought he was just fine. I thought he had a really good game. 20 points, 13 assists, three turnovers. I mean, obviously you'd like to see him better than two for eight from deep. But I mean, one of the threes he hit was just like the toughest three of all time at the end of the second quarter. I yeah. forget who was guarding him. Maybe it was Bullock or just like stepping back, like had him draped all over him and then just flings up like a prayer from the right wing and buries it. <laughs> Um, I thought, yeah, I thought Steph played a pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't Clay's best game, four of nine. Uh, took, eh, there was like one three that I was like, eh, that's not one he should take. But then again, it is Clay Thompson. Look, not everyone's gonna be on fire every game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah, I mean, generally he's been playing very well, and so I'm, yeah, I was not super concerned. I'm not super concerned about Clay Thompson going four for nine tonight. I hear you. It was just, it was weird that he only had nine shot attempts. I think that was the most glaring aspect of his night. He just was not very aggressive. And, yeah. And just, well, outside, um, outside of Steph, no one had more than 13. It was like pretty evenly distributed tonight. The, the, the shot. Oh yeah, you're right. And, like, and, the, and, the, and that player who had 13 uh, shot attempts was Jordan Poole, who went over four beyond the arc. Um, I thought he did. Okay. It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't just, uh, just no turnovers. He had like, there you go. I mean, like, there, there was, like, one or two players that was like, I uh, wish Jordan could have done better there. But outside of that, I mean, third quarter, he had that blow-by dunk. Um, he had, uh, I mean, just he dimed a few people up. And in his last two games of this road trip, 14 assists, two turnovers. Uh, so you love to see that for a guy yeah. who can rack up some high turnover numbers. And, I mean, with the balanced scoring, they didn't need – no one was really shooting the three all that well. Kaminga was two of three. Lamb was two of five. DiVincenzo was four of ten. But they shot barely above 30%. They were 31% from three tonight. Correct. And, you know, Fitz made this point all, all game long. They were 38 of 51 on twos. That was like, they were, it's like 75%. That's good. On twos. And, <laughs> yeah, and good. so, like, yeah, just go inside all day on them. And, yeah, that like, that's – why I wasn't super surprised with the last possession of Steph Curry getting that wide open layup because like they just couldn't defend the paint. They're like the sixth best defending the three. Uh-huh. They, they get some really good uh, closeouts and stuff, which we saw, but like inside, I mean, they were getting eaten alive. No, I'm with you. And, and by the way, I'm sorry for the people in the chat who want the, the, the chat, the, the stream showing on the screen. I, I I'm no longer allowed to do so. Um, but nonetheless, we're reading all of your comments. Uh, you know, the standings right now, I'm, I'm looking at them. This game again was massively huge because the Warriors win the tiebreaker of the Mavericks. Uh, they're now, uh, they're back alone in the, in the sixth seed right now. The Warriors are 38 and 36. They're just a half game behind the Clippers for the fifth seed, a game and a half behind the Suns for the fourth seed. Uh, they hold a one game lead over the Oklahoma city thunder who are now the seventh seed and the western conference a wild western conference that right now if you're looking from seeds five through 12 just two games separate them in the lost yeah. column that's it that's it's cool. insane but one thing that happened yesterday uh which i still feel like is really going under the radar and that is uh paul george getting injured for the la clippers this was an injury that happened late in the game even his own teammates were not aware that he injured his knee he was down for a period of time 
uh, from what I was reading with the attributions, uh, most of his teammates and even coaches thought that he had like a head injury, that he bumped his head. No one realized that he he hyper what it turns out is it hyperextended knee. I think that's what I read today. Um, gonna be reevaluated, I believe, in three weeks. That looked like an ugly knee injury, though. It would not surprise me if we do not see Paul George at least again in the regular season, if not through a, a decent amount of the postseason. And without Paul George, uh, the team that, in my opinion, is the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors, the LA Clippers, I don't think are any longer a massive threat. They're still a really good team, but Paul George is the second best player on that squad. And the Warriors right now are just a half game behind the Clippers. Um, you know, they play the 76ers next Friday night. That is a team that always plays the Warriors tough. We got eight games remaining on the season. How are you seeing this thing play out, Kevin? How are you feeling about the Warriors uh, in terms of playoff positioning and maybe beyond? Your thoughts? I, I mean, like, I know they're three back of the Suns in the loss column, but they have two more games at home. And the Suns don't have Kevin Durant right now. Correct. And the Clippers don't have Paul George. Like, four is not out of the question. And especially if they can get some momentum from these uh, that road, the, these last two road wins. Uh, I'm pulling, I know they have, um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now because they got their three remaining road games Denver. All right, that's not going to be easy. Sacramento and the Blazers. Well, the Port, Portland's out of it. Portland's going to be playing uh, their their young guys, I think, like a good chunk. I would not be surprised if Damian Lillard doesn't play that game. Like, that's a winnable road game for sure. If they get that one road win and lose and go, what, four and one at home? Yeah. Uh, you know, 43 and 39, that's at least – I think that's a, that that's that gives you a chance to be four or five, and it's certainly you are you are out of the plan for sure at forty three and thirty nine. So okay. I, so yeah, I I feel like they can avoid a forty loss season, and that I, would be I, huge. That, yeah, that gets them. I think you want to avoid Memphis and Denver in the first round, and I, with the mojo that Sacramento has, I'm not sure I'd want to. Play. I don't know if they're a deep run playoff team, but in the first round, like who, like it, it's like the Warriors, right? A great fan base who hasn't had a playoff team in a while. Dallas Mavericks found out in 2007 that was a recipe for disaster. Uh-huh. I would not face the Sacramento Kings in the first round. Uh huh. Maybe I'd want to face them in the second or the third, but the first, no, because I think Sacramento is at least getting to the second round this year. <laughs> even if they play the Warriors first round that I mean I just that's going to be a tough one for Golden State to win I have more confidence against them playing the the Suns or the Clippers without George or Durant and I, I don't know I I like we've been on the other side of that just that just that bomb of a of a home court advantage yeah how like you thought 13 years was a long wait for the playoffs well it's been 16 years for sacramento yeah um those fans like they're not gonna let sacramento lose at home i still don't think the warriors lose the sack if if wiggins plays i don't think they lose anyone um what real quick i we haven't touched on gee santos yet 
Uh, and, and look, you, you're, you're the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors. You see Key play a lot. Uh, and let's make this a two-part question real quick, and we'll finish up real fast with Gary Payne the second. Uh, Guy Santos, your thoughts on him? And also Lester Quinones, um, who got, I believe, a uh, it was now technically on the rosters. He's a two-way mm. deal, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Would do you feel like it would be a detriment to play him this late in the season? Your thoughts on those two players? Uh, Guy Santos, I think should get a two way contract next year. I think he he can't be called up this year. He's a draft rights guy, uh, so they're stashing him. He has been very solid. He is the here's the thing about Guy Santos. He improved his vertical by three inches during the season. How do you he was do that? At, 30 inches. How do you do that? Then he got it up to 33 by like January or February. How it's do you do crazy. that? Are you jumping every day? Is that, all, is that what you yeah, do? I mean, <laughs> works with a strength coach, sports performance coach. Andre Madsen's done a great job with him. With like Incredible. his testing across the board. That's the only number I know like particular in particular. But um, he, he's he got a flair about him, a panache to the game. He fits the Warriors system really well. I think he should be on a two-way contract next year. He's been playing well. He's averaging about 10.6 rebounds. Had 13-plus last night. I can't remember exactly what he finished with. He's hitting around 32 33% of his threes. But, like, I could see him easily hitting mid to high 30s from uh, deep over the course of his career. He's 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan, man. And, like, a plus-6 wingspan in this league is huge. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and especially, Moody, like, Moody's the size he has. He – I think he's a perfect warrior. I think he's a rotation player in the NBA by the time he's 24 years old and he's 20, 21 right now. Give this guy three years. I think he's an eighth man in the NBA. There you go. And Moses Moody's another player with a 7-1 wingspan. Played uh, just seven minutes tonight. Uh, they won. He did well when he was out there. What's up? He did well when he was out there. I agree. And he did well yeah. the last game as well when he played eight minutes. I, I really wish he would get more of a run. But look, look, better than nothing. Uh, and again, I, I care most about wins. I think it, any that's what the priority should be for the Golden State Warriors are W's. And they got a huge one tonight. Uh, Gary Payne the second. The news should come out any day. Uh, I believe tomorrow, tomorrow is the 10-day right? mark, right, where we yeah. get that reevaluation. Uh, reports are that he is practicing with the team. I don't think... He has engaged in a scrimmage yet. Do you have any information on Gary Payne the second? As a... I, I don't. I'll find out when when everyone else does. Um, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but if they can get him back, and if they get Wiggins back, I mean, I I won't count the Warriors out in any playoff series, even if it is Sacramento. Like, I just think like Sacramento would be the most dangerous first round opponent just because they haven't been in the playoffs sixteen years. I'm not counting the Warriors out in any playoff series if they have. GP2 and Wiggins back with a healthy Steph, Clay, and Dre and Looney. Like, I wouldn't want to go up against that. Well, it's good you said that. I literally had this email queued up, ready to send to Joe Lacob. And in the subject header, it said, Kevin Dana <laughs> thinks Sacramento will beat the Warriors. And I was about to send that thing. And then <laughs> um, to answer uh, the traveling or Kitas' uh, other question, yeah, uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors need to win their final two games, and they need both Mexico, two of Mexico City, Sioux Falls, and Salt Lake City to lose one game. Basically, they don't have a head-to-head tiebreaker. But in a three-way tiebreaker for two spots, Santa Cruz would get in. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to – like, I could explain all the tiebreakers, but the, I, don't, I, I doubt your fans, your listeners, 
want to know about G League tiebreaker playoffs scenarios. <laughs> like, Maybe on a bonus episode. I'll tell you what, if the, if the Santa Cruz Warriors go in the postseason, let's dedicate a show just to that. I, I Let's do a bonus episode. I, I'd be down for that if you are, man. I Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. Always to down to talk C-dubs. Hell yeah, let's do that, man. Oh, and again, and you asked me about Lester Quinones too, didn't you? Yeah, go for it real quick, yeah. Yeah. So he's eligible to play in seven games. They have eight left, so he can play in almost all of them. I, The Santa Cruz Warriors like winning in the G League. Not every team cares about winning in the G League. The Warriors do. Like <laughs> they, 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 they are putting more of an emphasis on, on development these days. Back the first couple of years, it was only about we're winning. We're winning. We're winning. And assignment guys were there to help us win. Yeah. Um, they still care about winning though. And I think it would be tough to take Lester. It would it would be a detriment to <laughs> uh to, to, to the Santa Cruz Warriors to not have him there. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, Joe asked how's PBJ. He's been in Santa Cruz, right? Is he how's he how's he, he last here? night? Yeah. Yeah, he had what, eight point, kind of a quiet game for him. Eight points, like his three point percentage is like ten percentage points better in the NBA than it is in the G League. It's it's a little it's a little interesting. It, quite honestly, I'd rather him be ten percentage points better from deep in the NBA than, than the G League. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but it, it's tough when you 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 don't you're not practicing with the team every game and stuff. It's tough for you know and joining them on the road and stuff like that. So, uh, but. He's had some really good games for Santa Cruz. I remain uh, very optimistic about his future. I love it. Great to hear, man. Well, this was a fantastic game for the Golden State Warriors. Again, their next game is Friday. Uh, they play this, the Sixers. Is that correct? Am I, yep. am I accurate? Okay. And that's a, that's a big one. You know, of all the players in the NBA that, uh, that give Draymond Green trouble offensively, there's only one, and that's Joel Embiid. Uh, I've never seen another player legitimately give Draymond hassles. Like Draymond can hold his own, I, I, but Embiid is just—he's a huge dude. He's very—he's multi-skilled. He's one of the only players that Draymond uh, doesn't have a huge edge over mentally. Yeah. Um, it, it's—it's it's an interesting battle when they when they duke it out. So that's going to be Friday night. Um, if the Warriors are going to lose a home game, I feel like that would be it. But I hope they don't. But again, kudos one more time to Jonathan Kamingo. What a night for him! Give him his minutes. 30 minutes tonight, 30 minutes, 30 seconds, more specifically, nine for 11 from the field, two for three from beyond the arc. Jimmy Chidwood in the house, finished with 22 ah. points, led the team, added three rebounds uh, on the night, um, and great defense on Luka Doncic as well. I, I, I shouldn't forget that because he was assigned to him defensively for a lot of plays. And um, Douglas is asking about my bulldog. He's not in the room right now, uh, so I can't show him. But um, I'm going to go join my boy Larry Kruger next. You want to come with me? What are you uh, to? I can't. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh, it's all good. It's all good, man. Yeah, well, what, are you, what are you up to? Where are you going? Why can't you? How dare you say no? What's what's going I got, on? I got, other, I got other work to do. I know. I know. You got you to do your thing. Yeah. All right, man. Folks, thank you so much. This was a huge win. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, I think Kylo Mills joins me tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Dubs to find out what time we're going to be recording that show. Follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo408. The voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, the voice of numerous college athletics, the voice of sometimes the Golden State Warriors, the voice of sometimes the L.A. Clippers, the voice sometimes of Victor Wembanyama's uh, a France club, and so much more. Did I forget anything? Anything else you need to promote? Nah, you got you got it all. Thank you. All right.
Yeah, thank you, man. Oh, pleasure's always all mine, brother. Um, and we got to do our dinner soon. We'll figure that out when. Um, thank you, everyone. What a game. Thanks for joining us. We'll see.